This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, Carlos Corbran once again got out his protein pack to exercise a few Peterborough ghosts, but one rather large phantom has escaped as Huddersfield Town still haven't made the FA Cup quarterfinal for 50 years. Uh, sadness or gladness to focus on other priorities, you decide, as we discuss the last few games and the latest news out of HD1. Joining myself, Matt Shaw, I've got the phantom of the Whopper, it's Dan Pozzaporit. And the Rolls-Royce of the podcast, Andy, the K-Maker K. Are you doing okay, chaps? Good, thank you, mate. Yeah, that's yes, over. That's over. Splendid, splendid, splendid. A couple of hitches there with the, the YouTube stream. I'm sure there's. Uh, I'm sure we're on our way now. So, uh, right, guys, let's, uh, let's get going. So, this episode is uh, sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, if you guys get yourself to magicrockbrewing.com and uh, have a look at the online orders, and you'll get 10% off if you use our code of AHTTC10. Uh, Mr. Porritt, there's some feedback, I think, coming from your end when I speak. So if you can mute when not on, that would be grand. And then hopefully it'll come through okay on the stream. Uh, right, guys. So good evening to everybody watching online. Apologies that we've had a few uh, techie issues there. Um, right, guys. So Nottingham Forest 2, Huddersfield Town 1. We'll start there with the, the FA Cup uh, the FA Cup game. Um, right. I think I have a very different take to uh, to most people, uh, to be honest. Um and I'll just do a little bit of uh, bits and bats on uh, on why on why that is. Um, so I, I'm pretty gutted with the result. I still am uh, the day after. I wanted us to break a 50-year landmark. Uh, I'm not really that bothered about playing Liverpool, to be honest. Uh, but I wanted this side to progress to the next round. Um, it's 100 years since we lifted the cup. 50 years since we were last in the quarterfinal. It just all felt... Uh, like it was potentially falling into place for our first appearance in that quarterfinal for for a long, long time. And first and foremost, Nottingham Forest, I thought, played very well. They're a very good side. The pressing was very good in midfield. Uh, Jed Spence, Ryan Yates were terrific. Um, they had a perfectly good goal ruled out, etc., etc. But I look at the six changes that Carlos made, and I think some of them were probably unnecessary, uh, and that it's contributed to us 
going out really uh, with the start we made. I thought the performance was okay. There was nothing wrong with the performance itself. The in-game subs were fine. Uh, but the setup of the 3-4-3 without a recognized forward, I thought was um, an interesting move. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to go in too deep on Carlos because he's made some outstanding uh, tactical quirks and, and you know, changes lately. So, you know, it's not a case of I'm going to sort of turn on him or anything. But I just felt that the way we'd set up for this game uh, with the changes and and uh, you know and the way that we you know the way that we sort of uh, tried to uh, go from the first to the final third really sort of put us on the back foot and it meant that we struggled to knit things together properly and uh, further to this there was a tendency on that front three to sit quite deep especially Holmes on the right hand side and this sort of meant that Iting and Hogg didn't really move forward and support the man on the ball effectively either so Forest press was doubly effective effective because of you know how deep you know the, the two central midfielders were uh, and that first half I thought we caused a lot of our own issues I thought we improved second half I thought we played okay second half but Forest were really resolute I thought they were good as well at the back um, but I don't think there was any lack of effort especially in that second half a few players had big off days uh, in particular Ruffles and, and Nabisar maybe but I don't really see the need to dig anyone out it was a it was a fair performance you know from from all uh, but for me the setup at the start you know, probably wasn't right. And I think it saw us lose this game, a game I really wanted us to win, to be honest, pause. Um, you can call me a misery if you like. Uh, other people are sort of saying, you know, the league's more important, etc. But I, I want my cake and I want, I want to eat it. You know what I mean? I, I want us to do well in the cup and the league. Um, how did you see the game then? I, I'm a little bit down on it um, because, you know, I do love the FA Cup and I wanted us to go through. Um, how did you see the game? Pause, you're on mute. <laughs> it's one of those, I think, when you when you get to the fifth round and you've got a chance of a quarter-final, obviously you want to progress. Um, you know, obviously with the with the sort of season we're having, you maybe look at it in a little bit of a different light than if you would if we were sort of sat, you know, mid-table and not, not really pushing for promotion and not really struggling against um, relegation. I think when you're in a position that we're in, you've got to balance it well. Um I do agree. I think some of the changes that we made were unnecessary. I don't think Lee Nichols, for example, really needed to be to be dropped. Obviously, you know, keepers, you know, fatigue and stuff like that, but not as much as uh, you know your outfield players. And I think playing him would have just maybe showed up that back line a little bit more where where the other changes were made. Obviously, we saw Nabisar coming in, um, Pippa coming in, uh, Ruffle, the Ruffles coming in. Um, it does look a little bit disjointed. I don't think the three-four-three suits us particularly well. I think it's one of those formations that if you've got the right players, then brilliant. But I think last night we tried to shoe on players in. As you say, no recognised strike were a little bit strange. And if you're going to play three at the back, to me, you've got to play as a three-five-two and, and use Pippa as a wing-back. Uh, and then obviously add a suck to follow in on, uh, on the other side as well um, as, as a wing-back. And, and gone with that. Yeah, you can rest, rest players. Um, I, I agree with what you say. Um, it, it was one of those, the performance as a whole wasn't too bad. Probably a, a 7 out of 10 overall, I'd, I'd give that a performance. And just on the night, unfortunately, we weren't good enough to, to progress. But then when you look at the other players that we've got available, it starts to creep into your mind that if we'd have played, you know, inverted commas, full strength 11, could we have got something more from game? And, and I tend to think that maybe we could. But... On the other hand, if you play full strength 11 and you come off with three or four knocks and, you know, an injury and a red card or whatever, then, you know, people will turn it around and say, well, you know, we're a really good opportunity to, to rest these players who've, you know, played a lot of games in a short space of time recently. And, you know, it gets lambasted for that. So I think in Carlos's shoes, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in, in the situation that we have last night. Um, yeah, I think he picked a team that were capable of winning. And the first half, we definitely showed that we were... You know, unlucky not to go to win in front, be pretty exposed. And I thought Thomas, you know, he's kind of just got to smash it at goal there and keepers made a good save. But on reflection, am I that bothered that we lost? Never like to lose, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it, if that makes, that makes sense. I'm sure I'll get over it in a couple of days, Andy. How did, How about you? How did you see the game itself? I, w- I won't get over it. My lad's team, there's, there's two Knott's Forest fans, not wind up, Knott's Forest, Knott's Forest fans, of the, the dads so I'm going to get it in the next tomorrow night Thursday night and Sunday so I'm bothered from that perspective 
uh, I completely agree with everything you said so far. I, I thought we we didn't deserve to win. That goal that they had chalked off should have been given. The two other chances, a bit like in the first the, the first time we played them down there, they couldn't finish. They should have. Uh, it was it was it Johnson skied one, or it might have been Spence skied one when he should have scored. Spence, yeah, yeah, Spence did. Yeah, so that, that could easily have been a four-one and a right. Um, yeah, yeah, five-one. In fact, couldn't it? If they got the goals given and those, they, they score those two chances. That's a five-one, and that's a hammering. So, um, I think we got away lightly with a two-one. I don't think it reflected it. I, we completely didn't deserve to win. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think nice stuff from time to time. Nah, I, I, they just look stronger, more up for it. They look, they were faster to the ball. We just looked timid at the back. Pippa, the number of short balls he played to people. Abisar had one of his Sunday league games, not his Champion League, Champions League game. Yeah, you, um, Pearson uh, loved when he got pushed over that uh, that hoarding by, by whoever hmm, it was. Yeah. That was the highlight of the game for me when he just disappeared, stood back up again, and went what? I just, yeah, we we've picked. We've picked, we've made too many changes to have a, a fluid, fluent team for me, uh, and that says where where Carlos's priorities lie. So that's that's fair enough. I, I genuinely wasn't bothered in the slightest about the um, the result. I thought it was a fair one. Um, you, you take the L, you move on. I, th- I think the re- I think the result was was fair, but I also think the scoreline was probably fair as well. I know Forrest had a couple mm. of chances as well, but we, you know. Like Poz mentioned, uh, Pippa's hit the post saw, but then you know really should score with the follow up. You know, it's a, it's an almost, you know, it's a, he's got half an open goal there, and he's unfortunately just scuffed that. You know, second half, Danny Ward's, you know, made the, you know, made the keeper make two good saves, and Sauber's gone through and put one in the side netting as well after a, a, a bit of a sketchy first touch. So you know, I think there are chances both ways. I think it was a case of, you know, when we we got in front, uh, we sat back and defended like we did you know, in the league game, but unfortunately. Yeah. Um, just put pause on on mute. Sorry, a second because of the feedback, mate. Um, I think the the problem really was that you know defensively we weren't solid, and I yeah. the the main issue, the main one change I had a, a bit of an issue with was Blackman for Nichols, um, and it, and it's no sort of personal slight really that I'm, I'm going to go into. I think that the main issue for me was you know one of communication, and when you look at the second goal, Ruffles is running back in. You know Ruffles has played them all on side where everybody stood out. You know you know held the line, and Ruffles has run back in. And you just you just kind of wonder whether Nichols is you know excellent communication would you know hold that line. You know help them hold that line. Um, there's nothing Blackman could do about the two goals. You know absolutely they're both good finishes, but. You just get, you just kind of think would would the would we have defended slightly better in the first goal as well? Nabby's come across and maybe gone for it with the wrong you know with the wrong leg really. Mm, Although yeah, he's made he's made a yeah. good recovering tackle you know from from the left side, but he's perhaps gone with his stronger foot you know which has then caused it to come back into play. And it was a bit lucky really how it how it fell for them. But you know I, I can't really argue with the result. I thought Forrest you know deserved to win the game at the end of the day. I just I just felt that one or two changes maybe where we've gone a little bit. Um, I've maybe changed a bit too much. I think you know. The, I think people like John Russell needed a rest. You know, he looked a bit leggy against against Peter Brennighting. I thought was was a smart one. Um, Nabby, whether we like Paz says whether we went that three four three, I didn't really felt suit as. And and to be fair to Carlos, he he changed it earlyish. Uh, you know, he brought Toffolo on, which I think was the right sub at the time. And Nabby went off for Danny Ward again. I think that was the right sub. Uh, and we got, you know, we got back into the game a lot more. I think we just came up against a, a red wall, if you like, and and Forest were just really strong and resolute. And I, I think he, when when you do that, I think it just puts a little bit of extra emphasis on the starting lineup. You know that you've got to get it right from the off to beat a team like Nottingham Forest. And if you don't, it's going to be very hard to change things on the fly throughout the game. And I think that was my only sort of disappointment. And again, I'm not going to dig Carlos out or the coaching stuff or anything like that. They've been they've been absolutely. Excellent, you know, outstanding since you know for since twenty twenty two started, and uh, it's just a little bit of disappointment from me creeping in because I love landmarks, I love little anomalies like hundred years since we won the FA Cup and things like that, and I just feel a bit disappointed, not let down or anything. I just feel like this was a game which we could have won with the right, with the right, you know, with the right system and structure and. Unfortunately, we've we've not done it, and I'm a little bit disappointed. But <laughs> more disappointed than than others, I think. Um, you know, judging by you know the comments online and whatnot. But um, there's just a couple of talking points as well. Um, tell me online, am I being a misery? Um, t- 
Tom Bradshaw's talking about Holmes penalty, but I, I don't really remember that. Um, I don't. You know, I, I don't, like, like I said, I, like I mentioned earlier, I don't really agree with those who sort of are willing, who were willing to throw in a scratch side and lose this game just to focus on the league. I, I, I think winning and losing is, uh, you know, a habit and habitual. And I don't really see why there has to be a choice in one or the other, really, either. Um, usually we pick one or the other and get nothing. You know, that's usually the Huddersfield Town way, isn't it? Mm. Um, I wanted both. I wanted to be greedy. Um, let me know if I've been a misery. There's there's another couple of things as well. Sinani as a false nine didn't really work. We've kind of covered that a little bit. And uh, people are digging Pippa out a little bit as well. And, you know, question for those online and you guys is, was Pippa that bad? Um you know, he's got a 75% pass rate. He's made a lot of good runs in that game, which, were, which weren't found. Um, I think when people say he's a really bad defender, I think that's completely over the top. Um, is this just a case of Ollie Turton being flavour of the month and town fans going a bit OTT? I don't know. Um, but, you know, was, was he that bad? Um, and one more thing as well, another talking point is, did this feel a bit like a playoff game as well. You know, the atmosphere was really, you know, was really good, wasn't it? You know, there was a sort of, you had that feel, didn't you? Obviously I'd, I couldn't make the game because of work, but it came across on TV. It, it felt, you know, you could feel that edge, you know, you could feel the jeopardy as well in the air. The forest fans were up for it. The town fans were up for it. And it just felt, it felt like a, a good night. You know what I mean? It didn't feel like a normal run of the mill game. It sort of had that um, playoff edge to it, I thought. And I, you know, and that was, quite exciting for me as well and maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm disappointed maybe some PTSD from you know Brentford and what have you <laughs> you know from down the years um Peterborough um you know what you guys jump in on the on those points you know Pippa was he that bad um I'm not saying he was good or anything um I thought you know he I thought it was I don't think it was bad I thought the the our problem defensively was on the other flank um just just let us know those, you know, I, I, he how do you think? He hadn't played for four games, had he, I think? Well, the, in, in Pippa's defence, in Pippa's defence as well, he's been injured since January of last year with his hip problem mm. he's got and he's still injured with it now. He's he's going through rehab, he's, he's struggling with it. You know, he played against Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago and he had a good game against Sheffield United but, you know, apparently early on he, he, he felt it quite early and he had to play through and he's having to play through uh, games with this injury. Um and I th- and I think you know it, it will will be affecting him you know hundred percent but um, you know and I, I think a fully fit Pip is a really useful weapon to have um, and you know hopefully he gets back to gets back to something like because he could be really useful going forward. Good pause. You've unmuted yourself. You look like you've got something to say. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably a little. I think I've seen quite a lot of criticism for Pippa, and I'm, I'm with you, Matt. I think a lot of it's probably a little bit unwarranted. Um, as Andy quite rightly points out, he's he's not really played the right lot. He's, he's coming back from injury. Looking at formation, he's, he's playing right midfield. He's not quite right wing. He's not wing back. He's not right back. So it's a bit of a new position for him as well. You know, if you ask me Pippa's position, I would say he's a wing back. So playing in a 3-5-2, I think, suits him. Playing in that 3-4-3, three, three, it doesn't really allow him to... to to press forward a lot, it doesn't really allow him to defend a lot, and he, he were kind of sort of he seemed to be stuck in the middle. He didn't really seem to know. Are you going to sing the song? Sing the song. Yeah, <laughs> stuck in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he just seemed to sort of he, he didn't kind of know where to go. And I think just coming back to your earlier point Matt, about the changes as well, I think if you're playing the same system and changing players, it's a lot easier than changing players and then changing the system as well. So if he comes back and we play his usual system and he plays as a you know sort of an out and out right back, he probably has a bit of a better game because he's he's less thinking, you know, as a as a player, maybe not as a keeper because you probably didn't get shifted around that a lot. But you know, as an outfield player, if you're used to playing in a position and all of a sudden you have to go play in a different position, half of your mind is on where you are, am I studying right place? Who's my, where, who am I marking? And yeah, they'll have gone through it in training and stuff like that. But you know, how much, how much did the training time did they get to, to work on this system and stuff? So I think a lot of the criticism aimed at Pippa, potentially because Oli Turton has done so well. So when someone new comes in and doesn't have a 10 out of 10, it's really easy to go, well, well Oli Turton will have done a little better. But if he'd have played that system and Oli Turton had played in the same position as Pippa, I dare say that he wouldn't have been half as effective as as what he has been recently as well. So sometimes you've got to have a look at the overall bigger picture and you know take a step back. And after emotion dies down, it's easy after a match to send a tweet going, "Oh, so and so crap," you know this that and other. But actually, when you need to take a step back and have time to think of it, 
he's, he's done all right. He's not made any real shocking howlers. You know, he's he's he's, he's attacked quite well. He's, he's he's defended reasonably well. A lot of their attacks came down on the right hand side. So you know, obviously they've got uh, Spence and is it Johnson uh, down that side at Forest? Yeah, were, class, were, class, are they? Excellent players. I mean, if that's Spence, is he on loan from? Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Yeah. Middlesbrough also have a, a I mean, right wing back just the, as good. Uh, how good is their right back if they can afford to let him go? He's, he's really good, really good. <laughs> <He's>, they're, <laughs> this, they're very lucky, Middlesbrough, with the two they've got. But Bayern Munich are looking at it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody came in who came in disgraced themselves. Obviously, I think I said earlier on, uh, you know, a couple of lapses in concentration, you know, individual areas, certainly the second goal. You know, you look back and if that's your, your usual back four, does it happen? And Nichols is in it, as you quite rightly said. Maybe not, but, you know, these players, they're not getting loads of game time. And, you know, if it takes going out FA Cup to Nottingham Forest for these players to get 90 minutes under the belt in preparation for potentially playing in some really important league games coming up, then for me, it's been a worthwhile exercise. Yeah, you don't want to throw games, you don't want to use them as training exercises, and certainly not when you've got a chance to reach quarterfinals at FA Cup, but... You know, let's just see what happens over the next few weeks and maybe we revisit this game in, in four weeks and we, we look back and say, do you know what, actually, what happened that night wasn't too much of a bad thing. Yeah. Like, Pippa did okay. He, he wasn't as good as Pippa can be. He just looked a bit tentative. Uh, and yeah, yeah, he did. It, it, just the whole of the back, the back four, five, however many they were, just looked a lot. They weren't really sure what they were there to do. I think... Playing that, that sort of three at the back, three centre halves, they'd not done it for a while, had they? So, so they, they had got used to each other again. Um, I, I loved it when he ended up at centre forward at one stage. He was <laughs> he broke through the middle, didn't he? And he was like, "Hang on a minute, what are you doing, lad? You're supposed to be right back." Gets giddy, back, back in the day, yeah. But, but but I think we were pushing, we were trying to push forward then, weren't we? At that stage, but um, yeah, lads not played. Um, t- tough place to go. The world famous city ground, as the, as they. They often mention the crowd. It's a good, it's a good, it's, 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 it's a good away day. Yeah. Fair, fair dues. Congratulations. Enjoy your hammering off Liverpool in the next round. But for that strange derby that they're getting proper excited about. Which bit is of salt there, Andy. Bit of, bit of the old salt. <laughs> well, I, I just don't get it. You know, it, it, I, I can I, remember <clears> it because I'm old enough to remember it, that, that, that rivalry. But nobody in the last 30 years can. That's not salt. That's fact. That's the stranger yeah, derby I, as, as ours is with, with Peterborough, isn't it? You know? I vaguely remember them playing each other, but I don't remember it being a rivalry, really. But, you know, they're obviously going to get excited because every every fan looks at their... Well, every fan that was alive to see it obviously looks back at the the best times their football club had, and they treat that as the oh, norm. Yeah. They treat that as the norm, don't they? That's that's just the way that football yeah. fans are. We We look back and... I don't think town fans are bad for that. I don't think they look back to the 1920s, do they, and go, do you know, we should be top of the Premier League, what's going on? But I think we do. I do. <laughs> but we do look back at sort of the 80s, you know, when Mick Buxton was there and we are in the second division and Poz is on mute. I don't know if he's talking to us or, or the wife, but, um, you know, so I, I don't blame them. Forest fans have not had a lot to shout about, have they, the last 20-odd years? So I think they're quite within the rights to be excited about the, yeah, the Liverpool yeah. game. But, you know... It could be a bit of a slot, you know, a bit of a slotting, but you know, you never know. Do you have the? You just never know. I yeah. think that's that's the good wonderful thing about the cup. Yeah, good luck to them. I'd, I'd like them to beat Liverpool yeah. fully. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, so th- this this game. Uh, shall we see what other people are saying online? I've had to switch browsers because for some reason it wouldn't work with uh, that one. So there we go. Nice, nicely bought time. Uh, right. So Tom Bradshaw, uh, fresh from doing a, a preview show with Brady. So keep an eye out for that at the end of this week. Um, Tom says, all right, lads, tight game. Might sound bitter here, but if we'd had a couple more starters in there, uh, we'd have won. I also think if Pippa or Sauber scored that chance, we'd have gone on to win. Yeah, I think there's there's a thing, isn't there? Sort of, it's it's such a cliche, goals goals change games. And, you know, Forrest, if they'd have scored first with that goal, which was ridiculously really given offside, you know, it changes the complex complexion of the game. And they could have sat back and it could have been us attacking. So, you know, we don't really know. You know, Forest fans are sat there going, "Oh, we missed two open goals and had a goal chalked off. It should have been five-one." There's a lot of them saying that, but in reality, if they score first, the game can changes completely. So, you know, that's the way it kind of goes, isn't it? Uh, Tom also says, second half thought we were the better side. Uh, their only chance came on the counter, uh, and they mentioned a Holmes penalty. I don't really remember the Holmes penalty. I don't know if you guys remember an incident with Holmes. No, in the I don't. Box. No. no. Uh, Oliver Bell says Holmes did seem to be body checked sometimes, given sometimes not. Uh, Pippa a bit oh, hit. Oh yeah. 
remember it now yet. I've yeah. seen them given. The last oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, down, I, I do remember it now. Actually, I was 100% convinced it wasn't a penalty on that one. I just mm. thought, it, nah. Um, Pippen more effective attacking rather than defending. Love watching him go forward as he has no fear and tries to beat people. But do I trust him defensively? Uh, I don't know. Do you know what? I think, uh, and Oliver Bell says if Pippa scores, he's the hero. You know, it's, it's one of those things. I think Pippa's defending is is completely underrated by some town fans. Uh, not not necessarily you, Tom, but you know his recovery speed's outstanding. And, and can you ever really remember Pippa being done one on one? You know that, that's the other thing with him. He's defending one on ones actually quite underrated. I think as part, I think some of his weaknesses are he gets a little bit giddy and he and he he goes too far too often sometimes, and he does leave that flank a little bit exposed. But I think that can be sort of pulled back in. You know, with um, you know with a good a good leader alongside him and, you know, and, and timing, timing the system and, and whatnot. So that sounds like he's in prison, doesn't he? Timing the system, but timing a, you know, a structure and a system. But, um, but yeah, I, I do think he's a little bit underrated on, on, in terms of his defensive work by, uh, by some town fans. Uh, Oliver Bell says, as the game got into the last 10 minutes, we just could not get the chances. Forrest just won everything at the back, but we stayed in the game. Just a shame. We didn't manage to get the equalizer. Uh, and then Tom says, best throwing ever. Yeah, Pippa's throwing. Uh, you know, cast your mind back to uh, last season. Barnsley scored with a pretty much identical throwing and that was given. And, you know, we were told that that was an, a, a legal throw. Um, I don't think it was. But, and I don't think Pippa's was either. But, you know, you know, sometimes you get them. Sometimes you don't. Uh, and then Paul Hitchinson says, I think Forrest wanted it more last night. They were quality. I hate to say that, but they were good last night. A lot of town players last night. Um, and then I think it just sort of tails off. Um, but yeah, that, Forrest 100% wanted that game. They made two changes to our six, didn't they? And, and do you know what? I, I, I don't always buy into that they wanted it more than us thing that gets banded around. But I actually do think it's there's an element of truth in that. I do think Forrest were really keen to get that result, whereas we made a lot more changes, didn't we, to uh, to what? to what we would have uh, normally done in a, in a league game. But uh, let's uh, let's go uh, and let's discuss league games. There's an important league game going on at the minute at uh, the old Dean Court, now called the Vitality Stadium. It's in the 88th minute and Bournemouth and Peterborough are 1-1, which is exciting. Sheffield United are 4-1 against Middlesbrough. Uh, Luton are winning at Coventry and Blackburn Millwall's 0-0. Millwall are going to be a tough team next week for us. And Fulham are winning 5-1 at Swansea, which is interesting. So, uh, we'll keep an eye on that over the next minute. If you're if you're listening back to this, it's not going to mean anything because you're already going to know it. So we won't go too too far with that. Um, right. So we'll move on to the Peterborough game. So the Peterborough game, you cast your mind back that Friday night under the lights, um, bit of a blitzkrieg really from from Huddersfield Town, wasn't it? Um, this I thought this could have been a very very tricky game. Peterborough have got a history of stopping Huddersfield teams in in the tracks when going for promotion. You think back to 1992. Uh, when we absolutely battered them for three halves of football, and then they, you know, got two goals, you know, in the second half of the the home game to beat us two one. I don't think I went to school for about a week after that. I think I cried my little eyes out. Um, Nineteen ninety five, town were top of the league as well when we were going for promotion under Warner. And Peterborough came and beat us two one. I know we probably did said this last week. And then two thousand eleven at Old Trafford, um, but town were excellent in the first twenty minutes. They were really, really outstanding um, without without sort of the individual flair of, you know, without sort of being, you know, really resoundingly amazing going forward. Town were just so effective. The structure of the team was, was just so solid. And it just felt like the first 20 minutes, town just went at them, smacked them. You know, Tom Lee's, you know, never take that headband off Tom Lee's, you know, he can't stop scoring headers mm. since he stuck that on, mm. you know, Tom Lee's goes, Daniel Sinani, that's an outstanding finish. You know, town have had three bites at that, you know, not great defending by Peterborough, but you know, wonderful strike from Sinani and then town just geared down completely. And this, this was sort of part of my little bit of being miffed at the six changes because town went from hundred percent full throttle to about 50% for the rest of the game and just really easily kept Peterborough at arm's length. And I just thought, uh, you know, I, we were discussing afterwards and it's probably a little bit unfair on Peterborough. And I will bring this back up if Peterborough do concede in injury time, but Peterborough did look like, to me, one of the worst teams that I'd seen in, at championship level since probably us at the end of last season. But, you know, they, they they were really poor, you know, really, really poor. But I don't know whether part of that was them being poor or us, just how we managed them so well. And for me, even taking into account of Peterborough, you know, whether you think they're good or bad or, in, or you're indifferent towards it, I actually thought, this was probably Town's most commanding performance of the season in terms of control because Town just kept 
like I say, just at arm's length and they just dictated everything. You know, um, you know, John Russell had probably one of it, probably his worst game. It wasn't a bad game by any stretch, but probably the worst game he's had. But, you know, you don't notice that because town were just so effective and in cruise control. And, you know, he was still okay. But don't get me wrong, it's not a dig at him. But town were just, I thought this was a really pleasing performance. And, you know, we went and we went out second half and we won 3-0. It did remind me a lot of a, a David Wagner-style performance because we used to do this uh, in sixteen seventeen, where we would, you know, you think back to Brighton, you know, we beat Brighton 3-1 on Sky and other, you know, other performances. Um, and I think Bournemouth have drawn against Peterborough. Oh, it's a full-time result. Bournemouth won, Peterborough won. That is a very, very surprising result. And Stoke, you'll be pleased to know Stoke have just got a last-minute goal against Barnsley as well, Andy. So that. For- so that's one all there. Um, so that's a really, really sort of outstanding result. That um, I think we dropped to second, uh, dropped to third, don't we now on third, goal difference? Third, yeah. But that's not bad at all. But let's get back to the point I was making. So the Peterborough game was was phenomenally good. I thought. Um, I know people will probably say, "Oh, it's you know, people that don't support Huddersfield will probably go, oh, it's only Peterborough.' You know, everyone everyone smacks Peterborough apart from Bournemouth." And, um, you know, I just, I, I generally can't say enough good things about that performance because it could have been so tricky, pause. But at the end of the day, Huddersfield just, you know, it was like a policeman arresting some young, young scrot, wasn't it? Just scurry for the neck, off you go, lads. Escorted. Like Danny yeah. Adams on Lee Trundle, if you remember that far back. <laughs> it were, uh, it were one of those, Matt, like you said, the, the history between Town and Peterborough, the fact that, Got next amount of games unbeaten before we played them. You know, you're thinking back to the playoffs at Old Trafford. We were in a great unbeaten run then, and obviously they, you know, they beat us there. And it, we're all set up on it to be typical town, as everyone would say, to to uh, to have beaten Fulham, and then you know come play Peterborough not so long afterwards, and and to come to a you know a, a home defeat. But the way that we came out of the blocks, it were almost like someone had read the history of Huddersfield Town v Peterborough to the team beforehand. And it's like, look, let's not be that team now. Let's not be that team anymore that puts in really good performances against teams that are up and challenging with us and then throws it away against the team down at bottom. And after seven, what was it, seven minutes, two and a up? I mean, hmm. we were dead, on it? After that, we were a dead rubber. You know, we kept them, we, we, we plugged on for another... 10 or 15 or so minutes. And I think we just kind of realised that, look, Peter, we've got no here. And we ended up just, just sort of seeing the game out. You know, in some respects, you could look at it and say you're a little bit disappointed that we didn't put them to the sword and get five or six because if we'd have carried on like we started, we certainly would have done. Um, and, you know, that maybe would have made people sit up and take note of, of how well we are actually playing at the moment. But yeah, it were one of those. It were it were almost men against boys at some point. I think the Peter for played in FA Cup just before Man City, I think it was. Um, so obviously that, made, that took a lot out of them. Yeah. You know, big big day against Man City and, you know, then coming to Huddersfield after after that sort of game with tired legs and all that sort of stuff. So it probably fell, everything probably fell nicely for us on, on that Friday. But yeah, great goal from Sanani. You know, Tom Lee's header, I think we bar as well in the first half, didn't we? Um, yeah. then oh, the I would... Turton wasn't it that hit the bar? I was almost over the yeah, yeah, over the upper tier. I jumped jumped so high because I thought that was going in, and it's like <laughs> the ginger cafu was finally going to score. But yeah, it was just it was just one of those games that were it was actually quite nice to be in that position and watch us play without thinking two and a up. This could go to all pretty sharpish, like some games I've been. Uh, I think as you say, Peterborough were poor, but we we this game management were good. We got through a game without any, any injuries or all like that, and it was three points in the pocket, and thank you very much, on we go. So, yeah, very welcome result, very relaxing Friday night for us, which is which is unheard of, really, sometimes. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old-school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win... Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, 
tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference after all they are your mates for a reason let's all take a moment to talk more than football just just comfortable wasn't it it just felt for the two and a half like you said was after seven minutes you just feel like well that, that should be game over and we did it did a good job on him. I like that I up front for Peterborough. I thought he looked uh, a bit of an handful. And I thought second half, they caused us one or two problems. They they started pushing at us a little bit and we didn't look as as calm under pressure as maybe as I wanted us to be. We looked a bit hurried from time to time. I didn't think they were ever going to get back into it, but they, they, they did have a little go second half and I thought fair play to them, led by the, the big lad up front. Um, I'm glad to see we've got plenty of minutes, 25 minutes for, for Tino as well, although he, he wasn't. It's, it's, it's obviously way short of match fitness, isn't it? But that those minutes and those minutes last night might might help him. So that's a, a good thing. Um, the, the the worry for me is the injury to Lewis O'Brien. You know that, that when he went down and then stayed down and then got somebody on. You you know there's some mm. bad gone on there if 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 that happens to him. Um, so yeah, I just hope that he, that that last night him not playing was a precaution. And that he's, he's going to be all right for, for Friday because he runs us, and, and without him, we that could be a season-defining injury if he's out for a, out for a while because who replaces him? Because nobody can do what Lewis O'Brien does for us. So that's the, the saw that last night, didn't we? Yeah. I think we saw that against Forest, didn't we? Because like 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 we we mentioned like Pippa and and Dwayne Holmes struggling on the ball, you know, with against Forest and stuff. But a lot of that was due to their press, and they press like two or three Lewis O'Briens and he's so important isn't he leading leading our own press and breaking it as well because he's so good at gliding past you know players and you know hopefully Lewis O'Brien is fit and well for West Brom on Friday uh, another Friday game under the lights uh, a couple of things Tom Lee's pause what a performance that was from Tom Lee's I just thought he was magnificent there was you know there was occasions where Peterborough were playing it long and he was bringing it out you know taking it down on his chest and bringing it out and playing balls into the final third you know yeah I made a joke on on Twitter didn't I that it was like he'd taken that bang to the head and didn't know where he was and someone had said it's all you you know you're Ronald Koeman and it's an old Brian Clough joke isn't it uh you know told him his prime Ronald Koeman and and he was it, yeah, that was the joke. Yeah, I stole that joke. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's um, you know, but he was, wasn't he? he? Was he was outstanding? He won everything in the air, won everything on the ground. I think there's a couple of times. Uh, I think their striker Ricky J Jones tried to turn him, and absolutely none of it. I, he was just outstanding, flawless. I thought, and Pearson was was good next to him as well. Turton, you know, inside that, you know, didn't really have masses to do, but what he did, he did well. And Toffolo, you know, the back four looked a really solid unit, and. Uh, but Tom Lee's really, really stood out for me. Pause. That's done for me. He got nine point eight, didn't he? In the, in the, the some, I don't know which nine point six in one rating to nine point eight in another. Uh, but for a centre half to to get that sort of score, you, he must have been outstanding. And I thought the goals. Was. Yes. Yeah. I'd like to know what I lost point two for. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do wrong? <laughs> I don't remember putting a foot wrong at all. Yeah. Yeah. Should have had a bandana rather than the uh, rather than the headband, yeah. Yeah, get on the old phone to Effie Sodji and get bored of his. <laughs> Against all odds. Against again. all odds. Hey, it's one of those seasons, isn't it? You never know. Yeah. Cooper, yeah. But yeah, it were it were it were class one and you know, like two two goals and a goal again last night, you know, three and two for a centre half there. It's you know, not bad not bad goal scoring record. But yeah, I think he's been good all season as Lee's and I think as the season's gone on he's he's grown more confident. He's built up a great partnership with uh, Matty Pearson and so. and Nichols behind that sort of triangle just in you know as a as a triangle in the back back five. Absolutely fantastic. They the cover each other, the he put in an absolutely fantastic tackle um, in second half as well. I can't remember, I think it was 2 0 at the time. You know, their guy sort of broke and he, he threw himself in a slide tackle. It's one of those that, mm. you know, where I sit just behind goal. You, 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 as you can see, like, you can see determination on his face and you're just thinking, please, Tom, you've got to get this right because if not, <laughs> you know, it's a penalty. He slides in and, and yeah. then takes man ball and, and nearly half a crowd with him as well. And it was just, it was so good to see that. That desire and that determination to make that tackle, and I think that the defence are just as proud of you know keeping a clean sheet these days as they are of getting three points. I think I saw on us on us unbeaten running league, we've kept seven clean sheets, which is quite a phenomenal feat, really, in this league. You know, not many, you don't see many nils in this league. You know, everyone being equal, and you know, to get seven clean sheets in in 
16 games, I think it is, is, is great. I, I can't remember how many we've got all season, but we must be into way into double figures now, probably 18. 14, I think it's... Fourteen or fifteen. I think it's fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. That's that's in, that is incredible to say how many dodgy goals we gave away last season and how many goals we were conceding. That that's that's an incredible improvement, and a lot of that is down to you know someone like Tom Lees who's experienced at Championship level, taking charge and you know working well with with Matty Pearce and then whoever else seems you know Colwell's been in there with him, Stars been in there with him, and whoever seems to play with it. You know, must learn so much from him. So you know, he's, he's one of those that's potentially knocking on door for player of the season, along with a few others for me. A few others, yeah. yeah. Did you see his, his post-match interview? Where uh, yeah, it's poor Eleanor. Yeah. <laughs> Six clean sheets in four games. <laughs> that, that's the camera. That's how good he is. Love that. Love yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> It's quite funny of her to post that actually because she didn't need to do that, did she? But it was good. Uh, to do that, she? Nah, good. Good to have a laugh here. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Do you know? Uh, so Tom Lee's outstanding. I'll tell you another person. So pause. Just mute yourself. Sorry a sec for the feedback. Um, another another player I thought was outstanding. On well, not outstanding. I thought played well on the day. And I looked at the examiner ratings from Town fans the day after, and they had him something like twelfth or eleventh or twelfth in the list. And I was like, what? I thought he had a really good game. And they had him at like a six point two or something. And that was Dwayne Holmes. I thought, um, especially in the first half, you know, Dwayne, you know, popping him from the left into the half, you know, into that half space really caused havoc with Peterborough. They really didn't know what to do with him or how to track him or which player to go with him. Uh, and I thought he was a huge threat, you know, dropping into those those spaces. And I thought he knitted things together really well. Um, some a town are a really sort of peculiar side sometimes because, you know, you've got people like Sorba Thomas, sponsored by AKLD. You know, whipping balls in in on a sixpence. You know what I mean? From you know, from the corner flag. You know, really outstanding delivery. But some of them, you know, Dwayne and Saw <laughs> seem to struggle with like a bit. You know, the five yard pass under no pressure. You know, give the ball away. And I think that kind of catch. You know, people it stands out to people sometimes. But I, I thought Dwayne was was really great at knitting things together. You know, he makes really good bursts. He, he moves into space. You know, moves into good spaces. And I thought he was really key. Um, against Peterborough, and I thought he was probably in the top three performance. So I was really sort of surprised to see him down in eleventh, you know, sort of dwelling uh, at the bottom end. But I, I thought he played really, really well, and um, and maybe he's he's one of the you know when people go about unsung heroes, and you know people put like things on Twitter, don't they? they go, who's your unsung hero? And then people always go, Jonathan Hogg is like the def, he's the complete opposite of an unsung hero, isn't it? Jonathan Hogg, you know, everybody sings it. Uh, but Dwayne Holmes for me is becoming, you know, like I mentioned the other week, the Swiss Army knife. Dwayne Holmes, he's he's becoming uh, really key in what he does, and he's, he doesn't play well every week, but what he does is really effective, and especially since I think since he had. Um, since him and his his other half, I don't know if it's his wife, welcomed you know the little baby into the into the world. He seems to have really sort of grown with that as well. And you know, I think we've got a player here who's um, he is um, exceeding expectations. I think of what we had when he came back. And you know, I know Poz, you're probably going to say uh, you were you know you had some things to say at this at the start, but you know, I know you're getting one over as well. And I just think you know, Dwayne deserves a you know a little moment of praise, doesn't he for for some of the performances put in. And, and for me, that was uh, another good one against Peterborough. I'll go to pause because... Yeah, uh, yeah more, more than happy to, I think I said, last last time I were on, I think I said, yeah, more than happy to, to hold my hands up and say, look, you know, I, I got it wrong. And, you know, this season is, he has come on, he has come on massively. I think sometimes with Holmes, because he's quite small, because he's quite slight, sometimes he can get pushed off the ball too easy. But he seems to have adapted to that really quickly. Uh, obviously, he's played at this level before, so it wasn't something that was, should have been too, you know, too much of a surprise to him. But he seems to have sort of built that out of his game now. He seems to, and it sounds really silly, but stay away from actually physically getting involved in those sort of tussles now, um, which yeah. is great. You know, he's, he's chipped in with a couple of goals recently, and I think he, he's one of them homes. I think he will. He's never just going to be consistently steady as a seven out of ten. He's going to dip to five or six one week, but then players are an eight or nine uh, out of ten, you know, following week. And sometimes players like that they can they can be frustrating more than you know not good enough because you know it's there and it's just getting that consistency out of him. Which lately, as you say, Matt, since, certainly since he's had that, he's, you know, his little child, that he seems to be hitting hitting those peaks, which is. Which is amazing, really, because normally when you have a kid, you're absolutely knackered all the time. So <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what he's eating or what he's what he's going on. But I've got two lads, so if you're listening to it, send some my way, mate, because I'm constantly knackered. So. 
<laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I'm more than happy. I'm, you know, I'm not one of these fans that has an opinion and sticks with it through, you know, thick and well, no matter what happens, I'm quite happy to, you know, give players credit when they deserve it. If, and if I've, you know, said that they're not good enough in the past, all men can say we're wrong. And he's definitely one of those for me this season. So, yeah, fair play to him. I'll, I'll take the credit for giving him a kick up the ass and saying he's not good enough on this to uh, That's it. That's it. his improvement. <laughs> I think it's your coaching, like isn't it, Poz? Definitely is, mate. Definitely is. <laughs> I like his, his attitude. He's just got a... He's got, um, you see those Access All Areas videos, he seems to be genuinely yeah. happy around the place and he looks like he's he's he's, he's just loving it. And I, I like the fact that, for me, things might go wrong for him on the pitch, that you can never doubt his effort. He never goes missing. And and, he, and that's all I would want of a player, to give give your heart and soul on the pitch for the, for the club. Uh, and that's you'll, you'll forgive him um, the, the mistakes of the giving the ball away um, from time to time. At least he's trying to make something happen. Um yeah, he's he's not he's not the best player the world's ever seen, but he's he's got loads of what I like to see in a player that represents my club. So, yeah, more power to him. And his middle name's Octavius. What more do you want? Ah, Spider Man fans will love that. Yeah, like my <laughs> little boy, <Yeah>. Doctor Octavius. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dr. Octavius. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daniel Sinani was a was a rather odd performance. I thought. You know, it, you know, some people will probably say it was really good. Some will be a bit indifferent. Uh, you know, the goal and then he assists, the assist for the, the corner, you know, he put the corner over where, you know, Tom Lees has scored and then put the corner in for the third goal, which Toffolo heads back as well. So, you know, in terms of output, you know, it, it's quite high. Um, but he has those lulls, doesn't he, during the game where he disappears and almost ends up on the side of a milk carton, doesn't he, during during the games. And, you know, he's he's sort of really in and out and frustrating. He's a frustrating player, isn't he, where he plays well once every sort of four or five games and, but, you know, he really sort of shone, didn't he, when, when he had the opportunity to do so here. And I thought, you know, we've not mentioned Sinani for a while on this podcast. And I just thought, you know, he's, you know, Sauber's corner delivery on the other side takes a lot of the uh, plaudits, doesn't it? But Sinani's is, almost, you know, almost quite as good on the other flank as well. You know, we've got two, we've got some really good set piece takers at the club. Uh, and again, like I say, it's a, it was an oddish performance at some point but I think part of that was because like I mentioned earlier Town did gear down you know did did sort of take the foot off the gas a little bit but you know I think he's had a bit of a tough run um, Andy hasn't he and it's it's good to see him sort of coming out the other side because I think we've seen comments from a few people suggesting should we bother in the summer if we've got the option etc so it was probably good for him to you know pop his head above the, the parapet with a good performance like that mm. he, did, he didn't have a great was it the I can't remember whether it was a Cardiff game, but for for the first hour of the, the game, all he did was give the ball away. Yeah, um, yeah, and he got he got he got he got hooked, didn't he? And I think it's that he seems to be a bit of a confidence player to me. He seems like a quiet lad and and you know probably a deep thinker. And you, you sometimes worry about folk like that who are a bit introverted. But you know when he when he popped that way, curled that in top corner and on on Friday, that was just a, a lovely piece of skill that I think he's got in the locker. I just think that people, he might be one of those. They talk about some people, players need a, you know, um, a slap around the back of the head. Some players need an arm around them, and I think he's a, a, a lad who needs an arm around him and, and just a bit of a bit of confidence. And I think he'll he'll go and get better because he does add, um, he does add to to our to our threat. But playing him up front centre, I know he's played centre forward before, but that was a, a failed experiment for me. But you know, again, another one that he. He might have made a lot of mistakes in a few games, but it doesn't doesn't disappear. So, you know, all power to him. But whether we whether there is better out there, that there probably is better out there. Whether we could afford it, different matter. Uh, and, and I guess a lot of that might depend on the takeover and what happens with with um, where the funds will come from 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 Dino to, to to buy the club back. I'm sure he's going to do a deal with with Phil that he will have to spend a lot of money to. To take the club back on, but you know, will we get any investment in the future? I've no idea. Um, but you know, well, if we don't, if we don't go up, there'll be a certain midfielder who'll be going for a pretty penny. So I'm sure there'll be money yeah, coming true. in that way. Yeah, but uh, yeah. pause, Carlos channeling is in a Mike Bassett recently, isn't he? With the, you know a bit of the old four four two. You know, uh, you know, you're a big fan of Mike Bassett, Sam Allardyce, fish and chips, aren't you? The old British Brexit sort of style. Um, Sinani sort of played that sort of uh, the what what you referred to you know, on football manager terms as like a trecotista, didn't he? he played up from with um with it was Danny Ward, wasn't it? Oh no, was it Rhodes who started? I can't remember. Friday, it seems so long ago, doesn't it? But he's he did start 
It was Ward, wasn't it? It did start up front. Ward, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went. I had a moment there. Uh, you know, he started kind of, but he, he did drift off. He dropped, drop, you know, left, right, central, and it was it was really effective as well. Just just thought you might want to throw your ten penneth in on the on Daniel Sanani. I think it's just steady away, isn't it? Like you say, kind of drifting and out of games, and I think he's one of those that you've got to get him on ball. You've got to get him on ball a lot. Um, you know, get win the ball back get it to Sanani and let him get on with it because he's he'll put a foot in, don't get me wrong. He's not he's not just gonna stand there and you know let players glide past him. But that's not his game, is it? You can tell. Uh, he's more finesse than than brawls and you know mm. smashing into tackles. And I think that's why maybe last night playing him up front by himself, it's it's, it's an hard job in it playing up front by yourself. Danny Ward does it so so well. Again someone else who when he came back maybe, you know, we weren't expecting what we've got out of him, but you've got to be prepared to put the hard yards in and, and run and get close people down and do a lot of dirty work that you don't really get, ever get any credit for. Um, and, and for me, that's not that's not Sanani's game. So I think, as Andy mentioned, he were not. I won't say we hung out to dry last night because you know that were, that's probably the wrong phrase. But he didn't do him any favors playing him up there in in that sort of position. I think his best midfield best position is sort of attacking midfield. Um, in, in that sort of area and you know when he gets ball on edge at box he's, he's proved two or three times this season that he can you know he can score from distance which is which is always pleasing to see and that one on um, Friday night against Peterborough you know old postage stamp in top corner wasn't it there were, mm. you know, there were nobody saving that one so talking about would I save would I, would I look to keep him on next year again I think it depends on league position as you've said and what funds are available how much he's going to cost weigh it all up and is there anyone even in academy that can that can do that job? Um, you know, we'll have to see. But you know, if he leaves, if he doesn't carry on with us, he, he won't certainly go down as you know best player we've ever had. But he certainly won't go down as the worst either. And mm. again, steady six or seven out of ten every week, which is which is what you can. You know, if, he, if everyone plays that on a regular basis, you probably win more than you lose. So yeah, is is. I think my my frustration. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really think of any more, more words to say. He's just he's just yeah. all right, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think my, my frustration with him is either an eight or a four. You know that that's the thing with Sinani mm-hmm. is that he goes like four, four, eight, eight, four, four. But you know, I think that depends on what sort of game it is though, as well. Yeah. Think, like and where he's playing as well. Fumble sort of game is not for him, and I think a more sort of you know uh, some players more suited to different types of football. And you know, if we did get promoted, the the way the Premier League played, it, it might be better you might get a little bit more time and stuff like mm. that but you don't know do you you know that's one for the powers that be at the club to know for the potentially looking at and you know they've seen him all season they've assessed him leave it up to them I think it'd be interesting to see if he'd see him after a full pre-season with Carlos as well There's, you know like I mentioned I think pre-season seems quite uh, important with Carlos and you know Pippa for mm-hmm. example has missed two pre-seasons now with Huddersfield one because he signed a little bit late and the other last year because of injury so be interesting to see, you know, who who sort of benefits, you know, like Sauber Thomas did over the summer. So uh, a lot of things to, to sort of look forward to maybe on that one. So let's see what the town fans are saying about the win against the old foe. Uh, let's have a look. So Utinis is very pleased with the defending against Peterborough. Even at 3-0 up, players were throwing bodies in front of the ball when they attacked. Uh, John Pearson says, I got to the ground early on Friday and saw Peterborough arrive. Their body language when getting off the coach was really bad. They were beaten before kickoff. Um, and there's a little bit more excitement about the Bournemouth-Peterborough game. Um, Paul Hitchison says, we were so structured on Friday night. The atmosphere was electric and the scenes were incredible. The game, uh, the game well town controlled from start to finish. Um, then we've got lots of Bournemouth chat here. Uh, Bournemouth on a bad run, two relegation sides, etc., etc." Um, pause frozen nope nope pause hasn't frozen he's still there uh, Leo says Lewis O'Brien's just a brew so uh, fingers crossed um, and Utini says he's second realistic uh, well the playoffs are so why not um, Marlon Devonish says hey, hey guys as well and Tom Bradshaw says Lee's class versus Posh yeah all around brilliant uh, just looked at the rest of Bournemouth's fixtures they've got a tough run in they do and they've got I think Reading and Derby are the next two games at home um, if similar results and, you know, I might start to sort of look up and think, oh, hang on. So in terms of automatic promotion, somebody did a really good um, probability diagram of, um, you know, where people are going to finish. And I think town was sort of 75% likely to finish in the top six, which was great, but only 6% likely to finish in the top two. And, you know, that's, 
you know, and Bournemouth obviously were, I think, 90%. I think Blackburn were 4%, and then that was about it, really. And Blackburn have drawn nil-nil tonight, so that's taken a small hit. Millwall have shithoused them. They've not had a shot on target or off target all game and got a nil-nil draw. An XG of zero, <laughs> which is fantastic. So uh, I'm just looking at the league now, Matt, and we're... We're six in front of Crystal Palace, if my maths are correct. Crystal um, Palace? Not Crystal Palace, what am I about? Queen, Queen's Park Rangers. Is this like when you um, predicted Fulham to win the league last year? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Uh, yeah, we did. we're six in front of um, Queen's Park Rangers. And, and below that, until you get down to 10th, which is Nottingham Forest, everyone's played 35 and we've played 36. So theoretically, you know, even if they are, I don't know who they're playing, but if Queen's Park Rangers, Middlesbrough, Millwall all win, we're still... You know, three in front of them. So that little cushion gives you that that bit of hope that you know we've got West Brom coming up, we've got Bournemouth coming up, we've got Middlesbrough coming up, we've got some tough games, and you know people were banging on about oh Bournemouth, we've got five, you know, four or five games in hand or whatever. Well, that's brilliant, but I think the two that they've played, they've got one point out of them. So you know, points yeah. on the board for me are more important than games in hand any time. And the closer you get to end of the season, the more the more pressure is on. Everybody, you know, teams, you, you, see, you look at league and you think, oh, we're playing, you know, Reading, it should be an easy win, but they're scrapping for their lives. I think Bournemouth play them. Yeah. They play Derby. You know, they're two of the games in hand and they're not going to go down without a fight. And not, you know, look at Peterborough tonight, they've gone there and taken a point. So, you know, just because they've got three games in hand, I'm going to say they're going to get nine points. Uh, I do think second may be a little bit beyond us if I am being 100% honest, but I think playoffs are, are definitely on. Interesting. Good times. Hopefully, hopefully move ahead. So uh, thanks to everybody watching online, uh, 20 or so are watching at the minute. Like I said in the comments, if you could sort of like it and, and share it, et cetera, and subscribe, it really helps just put more, just put us under, under more fans eyes or more Huddersfield town fans eyes really when they're searching over YouTube. So, you know, little things uh, help the lads out as you like to say. Uh, last two sort of news items really as well. Um, there's one a story this week. Dean Hoyle says that he's not going to look for a quick sell of Huddersfield Town Football Club, which links to what you were saying earlier, Andy. Um, you know, he he believes that stability is the key moving forward, so it doesn't look like there's going to be any any rushed sale of Huddersfield. And the Marcus Evans rumours have gone very very quiet. It looks like that maybe shelved or put on on hold till the end of the season. You know, if I was if I was Dean, I'd be thinking, you know, we'll wait till the end of the season. You know, and the share price might be a bit different. You know, all being well, <laughs> you know. A smart that's what a smart man would probably do um so you know there's it's good to have that sort of reliability isn't it um it, it almost feels a little bit unfair calling dean back up really doesn't it but it you know he's he's he has he has stepped back into the breach and you know i, I i'm not too sure we'll, we'll leave the sort of admin talk that i mentioned earlier with in in the past where we left it but you know it's good to have someone you know who's a fan of the club you know, has strong feelings about the club being able to just sort of say, you know, sort of saying, don't worry, lads, I'll, I've got this until something, you know, something decent comes along and isn't looking to essentially just, you know, flog it, you know, flip it, flog it, you know, as quickly as possible. So I think that's, that's only really good for the club, isn't it? Um, I think maybe, I think long term, we probably need to probably want to know where we're going. So if Dean ever fancies doing a Q&A with us, pause, you know, we, we can, uh, I'm sure we can accommodate him and a, a large audience on YouTube as well, couldn't we? If he ever fancies doing anything like that. Um, so yeah, so there's a uh, relatively good news, I think, for for us guys. Do you think? Yep. Nodding, all in approval. Everybody online, all agreed. Uh, and then the last real, the, <laughs> the last thing really is it's ten pounds for Bournemouth. You know, so they've announced today uh, the club that it's going to be ten pounds. You know, get you know the the club needs the fans to to come down. The club really really needs the the place bang, you know, banging and buzzing, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, pause, you know, we mentioned against Peterborough, you know, someone mentioned that the atmosphere was electric and I think there were points where it was quite quiet, wasn't it? I think I sent you a message bollocking you, didn't I? Saying, get singing in there, shit house or something like that, wasn't it? From my, <laughs> from my place with where everybody sleeps in the upper tier and what have you. But, um, but, you know, at some point, uh, you know, in the second half, it was really good, wasn't it? You know, the, the songs were, were bouncing around and I, you know, I sort of stayed, applauded the players off, you know, went down, went down the long stairs afterwards. And then it's not, you know, not exactly Newcastle away, but you know, when you've been to the gym, you know, it does, it does, does tweak the old legs, but you know, got out and you guys were still in there singing. I could, you know, you could hear you singing, you know, Nabi Sar song. Nabi didn't even play, but it comes to celebrate, doesn't he? Singing Nabi Sar songs, um, Sauber Thomas and you doing your little bushwhackers dance together. And, you know, it was, you know, it sounded like it was a lot of fun. I really wanted to sort of walk around and see if I could walk back in, you know, at the top of the, <laughs> top of the South stand to see what was going on. But, 
you know, it, it's, become, it's, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's become a bit of a thing for the last few games. Obviously, the waves come back, which, you know, we're all for and everything like that. But they started doing the warm down almost immediately. So, obviously, if anyone's only played 20 minutes, they kind of just rather than going in. I don't know if it's a new thing for, for some unknown reason, but um, the subs come on and, you know, have a little bit of a warm down. And when we're, we're sort of packing up and, you know, people have kind of sort of stayed to, to show their appreciation, which is, as you say, it's fantastic. I think 10, 15 minutes afterwards, people were still, I think stewards even came and said, right, come on, we you know, <laughs> need to shut up and lock up where you will go off home at one point. Have you not got homes um, to go? Ringing a bell. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, it were, it were one of those that it were... I think if we hadn't got the early goals, I think the atmosphere would have been tremendous throughout. But once those two early goals went in, as we've mentioned, I think everybody kind of knew, look, this is, it's, we're just kind of going to see yeah. this out now. Victory. And when it gets like that, sometimes you don't always need that atmosphere. But second half, it, it picked up and people just enjoyed it for, for what it was, which is which is brilliant. Yeah, but the, the £10 offer, fantastic. Um, they were looking to sort of move the segregation. South stand as well to get more people in there, but I think for whatever reason they've they've not done that. So you know, get your tickets bought. You know, ten quid. It's a it's a great offer. Get you sent down, and as we've said before, go down and, and back it and enjoy it. Don't turn up expecting it to be you know peak Brazil uh, football because it's not always going to be like that. Not even with said, the ginger cafu at right back. Are you sure? Well, you never know. You know, one of those goals that just gets rolled across to him, like what it was like Brazil back in the day was smashed in. Carlos Alberto, know. wasn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, get 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 down if you if you're still a little bit fifty fifty on it all at town. Just just go down for ten quid. What else? You know, what else can you do? Exactly. Not exactly. a lot these days. Exactly, and bring bring friends. You know what I mean? Laps town fans, whatever. You know, you know. A full stadium, people singing, bouncing will work wonders, you know, for us. You know, it's it's really, you know, I, I sometimes think it is difficult sometimes to get lapsed fans, if you like, back out of back out of the routines that they're doing and get get back down to the stadium, etc. But you know, the, the football club needs needs the fans at the minute. The players need the fans. The players are giving everything, you know. So hopefully, you know, more supporters will, you know, rock up down there. And same home and away as well, you know get to as many games as you can, get the boys over the line. You know, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of great town support out there at the minute, which is doing really real wonders. But, you know, we need a bit more of it, don't we? You know, we, we, we're greedy. I want everything, you know, moon on a stick. That's what I'm about at the minute. You know, so let's let's fill, you know, let's get the stadium full. You know what I mean? Let's get rocking and let's let's get it back to, you know, you know peak 2018 days or as close to it as we can. And, you know, £10, great initiative, well done to the football club and you know hopefully we'll see people down there still don't like the away ticket priority I will add that so hopefully that comes up at the ATT soon but you know, it's fantastic you know get the fans in as fans come on get down there let's let's do it and let's let you know let's get this team into the top six because those players completely deserve it this season 100%. Yeah. yeah, I think I think you're getting you're getting the hand of Dean in, in both of those initiatives the the um, the away tickets thing and the, the 10 quid Ahead. They're absolutely Dean Hoyle classic things for me, trying to commercialise the, um, the the product as much as you possibly can. You know, we you know how we feel about the away ticket stuff, but um, I think the the incentive to come down and what's a tenner? Um, this, like you said, they, they need it. We want it. Let's, let, how many home games have we got left? Will we have four home games left? I think. Oh, five, I think four left. Can. Live-ish, yeah. Probably cost you more in petrol to get there than it will to get in. But yeah, it's a good incentive of every obviously cost of living going up for everybody to, mm. to give fans an opportunity to have that escapism as well for you know a couple of hours on a Saturday for a tenner. Mm. As you know, what what more can you do, you know, for, for a tenner on a Saturday these days? Not a right lot. So yeah, great initiative. Let's hope we we, we get as close to sell out as we possibly can. Yeah, hundred percent, guys. I think that's it for this evening. Let's just check any any last comments in YouTube. I think Paul Hitchison says it's uh, it's it's all sound. Dean's got his mojo back. He's got his mojo working. So you know, as as you say, Andy, you know, he's got you know little, little things working. So um, and you know, in, in the club and trying to be, you know, um, in the club's defence as well. The club have got to try and get you know as much money into the club to yeah. be able to compete. We do get that. You know, um, it's just that sometimes. As fans, you know, you can only sort of milk the same cow so many times, can't you? And yeah, I do I do get it from the club. And ten pounds is really cheap, to be fair. So, you know, um I don't begrudge the club trying to make uh, make money. 
by any chance. But is, is uh, milk in the same cow and udders joke? Hey, uh, it wasn't. Hey. It wasn't, but it can be. It can be now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thanks. Thanks again to everybody uh, who's watched online. Uh, thanks for all your guys' feedback, etc. Thanks for getting involved. Uh, and that is all we have got time for this week. A solid hour. Uh, all, all good, guys. Thank you very much. And let's hear some Chris Carter. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.